episode, we are going to be talking with Dr. Willie Montague. I am so excited about this interview because I think that a lot of us are losing hope out here. I think the political world is really, you know, it's just depressing to see all of these evil men in power. Um, you know, we're losing, I, I see a lot of people losing faith out here and I don't like to see it because yes, things are bad. Yes, things are trending in a very bad direction. Um, you know, we don't need to lose hope. We don't need to lose faith. We need to stay in God's world. We need to stay on our knees praying to God to restore our nation to what it was. But in order for God to want to do that, I think that we really need to turn back to God and do all of the things that he wants for us to do. And I think a lot of people forget that the Ten Commandments are God lovingly protecting us. They are not God needlessly restricting us. And I think that we need to keep that in mind moving forward because a lot of people out here today that I can see, um, you know, they're just trying to get away with a lot. They're just trying to bend the truth. They're trying to act like, well, everything's okay. Everything's not okay. That doesn't mean that we lose hope or faith and that we're going to talk about that on this episode, but it does mean that you, you know, keep it real with yourself. You keep it real with everybody else and you don't lie about the situation that we're in. We're in a very bad situation in our nation, in the world, frankly. Um, but these two things can be true, that everything is really bad, trending in a very evil direction, and we can turn around and we can have hope and we can have faith and we can trust God again, and that will just take us realizing the error of our ways and rejecting wickedness. And so on this episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Willie Montague, who is an entrepreneur and a spiritual leader. In addition to being an ordained pastor, he is a community advocate and founder and president of House of Timothy, which is a nonprofit organization based in Orlando, Florida for young men between the ages of 18 and 25, seeking a second chance at life in a community environment. Willie also ran for the House in Florida's 10th Congressional District, so he knows a lot about the state of politics um, today. So first, can you tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do, Willie? Well, um, um, thank you for the opportunity, Jen, and I, I mean, you, you pretty much covered everything. My, you know, my heart is our community, and that's how I got involved and been involved with politics since the age 14. Nice. Well, first, I just kind of want to get your opinion on Joe Biden's presidency and his leadership. <laughs> um, I don't know. His leader leadership, you know, is a loose word when you're using it in regards to somebody like Joe Biden. But I just want to get your opinion on how he's been doing. You're in the political world. You're in the political sphere. What is your opinion on, on Joe Biden's presidency so far? OK, well, first of all, uh, Joe Biden is a, a whole... Uh, uh, a whole uh, issue in itself, but I would say that our country right now uh, is in a time frame where we can really thrive if we have those who have a backbone that leading the charge that is not forfeiting the Constitution, um, not forfeiting their uh, you know God-given rights. And I think right now, from seeing what Biden and his administration has done, has quite frankly showed us the condition of the hearts of many people who side with the Biden administration. Uh, we just saw uh, here recently with um, the House being taken over by a slim majority of the Republican Party, and we saw where there was a standoff for 
the Speaker of the House, which I was in in, in favor of that. I think that we needed a, a fresh face and um, something new. And I believe that this is showing us that the establishment and the radical left is not going to be able to have their way for much longer and that we have to have individuals that's going to be able to stand, stand tough, stand out and make sure that, uh, you know, we get back to we the people uh, as a beginning uh, statement of America. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that a lot of people, you know, we want to look for a very collective solution to this. I do think there's some merit in that and and being able to work as a team in order to accomplish certain things. But I think at the end of the day, it does come down to individuals individually being strong um, and tough and, you know, to push back and to say, you know, hey, Joe Biden, we don't like what you're doing. We we don't want what you're doing to our country, Um, you know, and culturally things are changing. Things are changing politically, things are changing culturally. And everybody who listens to my podcast knows that I'm a very outspoken Christian. So at the end of the day, a lot of this just comes down to, you know, being evil. Like it it really comes down to the spiritual battle between good and evil. And, you know, things like drag queen story hour or pushing transgenderism onto the children. I mean, that is evil to me. And I see it happening very um, quickly in the culture where, you know, people are just jumping on board to all of this, no questions asked, literally maiming their own children without questioning that. Um, and if there is any ulterior motive behind that, um, you know, the, the cultural push for that. So, and it's political, it's a political and cultural push, but I just wanted to say, you know, it does seem like we are leaving the children behind. It it definitely feels that way because we're not standing up for them anymore. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, when I got started, uh, with politics, I was 14. So, um, I was, you know, born up in church at a young age and I have seen the crippling of the family. I've seen the crippling of the raising of children um, to be, uh, you know, godly children. You know, the scripture says, train up a child the way it should go when he's old, but not depart. And so we know that, you know, children are going to take their own paths as we all have. Uh, but the goal is to teach them to be in the righteousness and to return back to that when they come to their senses in a way. Uh, but today's society has... Uh, painted God as uh, basically a non-existent being and has placed in the forefront um, everything that is secular, everything that is, um, you know, unrighteous and is basically a slap in the face to, uh, to God. And I believe that if we get back to the place where uh, God is the center, that we're protecting our children and family, that we will truly, truly see the restoration of the United States of America, but it begins, uh, it ends with us um, getting back to that that place, and we need to get back to uh, to protecting um, and shielding our our children. I agree 100% with you, and I'm trying to figure out how we can better do that. Um, As an ordained pastor, what would your advice be to parents who, you know, the government runs the the public school system, and I was fortunate enough to be homeschooled. My parents are Christian, but not everybody is in a situation like that where, you know, where their parents are Christian or where their parents are in a situation where they can homeschool their kids, Um, you know, but we have this huge pedophilia problem, clearly, and 
And it's been monumental for a few years now, but it's been growing exponentially as time has gone on. And I guess I'm just wondering, what would your advice be to parents who want to protect their kids? They don't have the resources or the time to really homeschool their kids themselves. Um, You know, so they're kind of stuck with the public school system. And what would your advice be? Because we know everybody who listens to my podcast knows that the, you know, government runs those those schools the way in which uh, those children will grow to really worship the government. And that is what the government wants. That's why they've removed God from the schools is because they want the government funded schools want the children to not go to God for answers. They want the children in the government funded schools to go to government uh, to answer their problems. And of course, the government's answers to everybody's problems are going to be give us more money. We know how to take care of you better than you do. And so it is like an indoctrination center. It's not education anymore. And I guess I'm just asking, what would your advice be to parents who really want to look out for their children, but don't really have the means to homeschool? Do you just say, figure out a way to have the means to homeschool? Or what would you say to those parents? Absolutely. I agree with that. I believe school choice is very important. Um, There should not be any co-parenting with the government. I believe that pastors need to rise up to the forefront and have bold voices in the community. Um, They need to be involved. Myself, personally, I get involved in mentoring in the schools. Um, You know, I try to make sure that our program um, is the leading program in the school so that, therefore, you know, we are the only uh, resource that that school may offer. So that way it's not contradicting. Um, and those are easy. You'll get go to the schools and find out whatever it takes to be a, a volunteer. Most schools actually do not have mentorship programs, surprisingly. Um, so, you know, get involved, create a program, uh, go talk to the young men, to the young girls, get out there and, you know, and share with them, you know, those principles of life, you know, the principles of righteousness. Um, and there's ways that I do it where, you know, it's not even like I'm opening up a Bible and doing a Sunday school. It's really just simple life principles that are biblical principles that um, Uh, We can share that heart and get their minds changed. So I believe the more that we get involved in the community, the more that we have pastors that do not have a problem with standing behind the pulpit and declaring um, the truth of the word of God and the, and the truth of how evil we're seeing um, these administrations rise up. I, for one, have no problem with talking about being pro-life behind the pulpit. I have no problem with talking about, you know, uh, ending human trafficking or um, seeing all of these, you know, this uh, indoctrination and over-sexualization of our children from school and the community um, to where, you know, the kids is like, they have, like, They don't even, they can't even be kids. Yeah, they can't. Everything that is put in front of them is, you know, sex, money, fame, you know, uh, transgenderism. And, you know, and, and, and it is made the same that if anyone comes in the light of righteousness or saying, hey, this is not, this is, you've been indoctrinated, you know, now they're being bullied. And now, so I think that this, uh, it, it stems from one place and it makes it almost like you can't say anything, but we have to speak truth. Um, no matter what, because the truth is what's going to remain at the end. Yeah, and they all think they get their own truth on the left. You hear that phrase so often these days. My truth, my truth, my truth, your truth, my truth. Um, There's only the truth, okay? There's the truth, and then there's your opinion, my opinion, their opinion, uh, you know, our opinion. So I think that a lot of people, you know, the left is very good at trying, just putting out these phrases that sound really catchy. Black lives matter. Yeah, of course, black lives matter, but you are not helping black lives 
lives, Black Lives Matter Incorporated. And so they they use these um, catchy, emotional sounding, empathetic uh, things in order to really ensnare people into giving them money, giving them power, giving them control. And the left is just kind of evil like that. Um, You know, but we do have a problem. We do have a problem with it does seem like the adults are just the pedophilic adults that we're seeing in society now are just like, you are just adults now, children, like children are adults and children are they can make their own choices and they're just like adults. I've heard that too, which is a very, um, you know, shocking and unsettling thing to hear where people will say children are just like adults. No, they're not. <laughs> they're children. But, you know, it is, it does seem like they're, the adults are trying to make the children grow up really fast. And at the same time, adults are regressing. They're acting like children. And so I wanted to see if you could speak to that because it does seem like a lot of adults these days are just incapable of taking accountability for anything. A lot of parents these days are not even getting married because that's too much work. Never mind what's best for my children, I guess. Um, but why do you think that, uh, you know, we have the children that are being treated like they're adults when they're not, but why do you think that so many adults and parents are acting so infantile these days? Yeah, I believe that, you know, in this society, we're so far away as a society as a whole from um, the unit, the unit of family, the unit of community, the unit of church. Um, and everything is um, either self-righteousness, self-centeredness, um, narcissistic. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. that uh, that's in today's society. And uh, quite frankly, this comes from because, you know, you look at we have um, in this time right now, we have baby boomers. We have Gen X. We have millennials. We have Gen Z. We have alphas. We have multiple generations um, some who were basically children having children. And so we have such a mixed bag in our society today to where we have to we have to get back to the place where when we were thriving as the United States of America, when we were thriving as the family unit, the nuclear family, when we were thriving and people were not. Uh, you know, feeling like, you know, church was a bad word, uh, when education meant something, uh, when, you know, going mm-hmm. to work nine to five or, you know, creating a career and being a business owner, it, it meant something. It came with that. We got to get back to those days. Um, and I believe that that restoration comes from people who, and I actually just preached this on Sunday, where uh, where it was in, in, in the book of Peter about that babes desire the sensual milk of the word, meaning that those who are, most of us are not babes. Some Most of us are not babes in Christ, and so neither are we babes in the natural. And therefore, we need to grow up. That's what the scripture said, grow up. Yeah. We need, we need to really have a society that grows up. You know, we have so many people that live in a, in a, in a, in a, a state of offense. Every, they're offended by everything. Um, you know, they're you know, everything is a problem. There's never no happy days. Everything is going to do um, instead of picking up and saying, hey, wait a minute, let me get my family in order. Let me get my house in order. Let me get my career in order. You know, let me focus. I do need to get out and vote. I do need to get out and get involved civically. I need to get engaged and find out what's going on in my community. I need to show up to school board meetings. I need to show up to city council meeting. I need to make sure that my community and quality of life is important. And um, so those are things that I feel like is not up to a politician. That is just everyday people who, uh, you know, walk up and down the street that can just get involved simply. And I believe that that'll begin to change our communities drastically. Yeah, I agree with you. And I love how you keep emphasizing, you know, the importance of individualism and making the right choices individually, because we have to get back to that. I think that a lot of the time we really think, well, if this group is doing enough of the right thing, then we are in the clear. Well, did you know that every single group is made up of individuals and you need to know who you are as an individual? 
possible in order to contribute to society in the way that you're dreaming about doing that. I mean, everybody has to get back to this place of, you know, individual integrity and understanding that you are going to be judged one day by God, not based on your group, but based on you and your character and your, and your soul and the things that you did in this life. And, um, you know, I think that people just lose sight of the individualism and how important that is, uh, very, very much in, in this day and age where everything is just, you know, um, well, that's really why I wrote, I like wrote and, and called my book culture because cult is in the word culture. And you just have to be very weary of the fact that, you know, people just want to throw themselves onto the labels of these certain groups. When at the end of the day, you were an individual and you do need to be able to take accountability for yourself, take responsibility for your actions in order to have a successful life and afterlife. And, and I will always stand by that. And, you know, I have been telling everybody, like, it does seem like America really is. And it seems this way because it is this way. We're at a crossroads now. Are we going to choose Marxism, communism, hating work, hating the family? Are we going to choose this, this horribly negative, awful, uh, duplicitous, deceitful path? Or are we going to choose righteousness and God and doing the right thing and loving work and loving contributing to society and loving knowing our civic duties and researching the people we're electing and making sure that all of our systems are free and fair? Um, you know, are we going to choose? It really, really feels like we're at this place where we're choosing. Are we choosing Satan's way or God's way? And which way are we going to go? And I, you know, this episode is supposed to be about hope and, and having hope and faith and in hard times, but it does look like we are, um, you know, choosing the wrong way. And that's why I am constantly telling people, read your Bible, because all of this is so important. Um, what's happening now in the world has been talked about in the Bible. And like, if you read your Bible, then you guys would know that. And I'm always telling you guys to do that because it is very, very crucial. Even all the stuff in the Middle East that's happening right now, like this is all spoken about in the Bible. Read Revelation. I used to tell you guys, start in Genesis and read all the way through, but start in Revelation, then go to Genesis, then read it all the way through. But I just wanted to ask you, you know, there's so many, there's so many things that Joe Biden has done who that have been terrible. Um, but what do you think is the absolute worst? You know, I look at this administration and I look at uh, basically uh, the appeal and the lies of, of, of uh, I mean, a straight out lie to the to the American people. But I, I I see where as a culture, I would say that as a culture, that the culture has adapted a sense of um, um, of neediness to want to be right. And I believe that this has come from, I believe it started from Obama, that this has come as a place of, again, self-righteousness and that the, uh, the Biden administration is uh, crippling um, how we unite with one another. That's the biggest thing. There's a, there's a, there's a sense of divisiveness. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's interesting because when he ran, he told everybody he was going to be this great unifier and our country has never been more divided than it is today. Um, do you have any speculations? Because I know a lot of people do um, that Joe Biden is not really the president. I mean, he's acting as president, but the, do you think that someone is behind the scenes pulling the strings? Like, do you think that that could be Barack Obama? Because a lot of people have insinuated that they've said that I've <laughs> I've mentioned that. Um, but what do you think? Do you think that that's possible? I do believe that uh, whether it's uh, Obama or some other um, groups that are behind it, because, you know, when you look at the deep state that has been mentioned over and over again, the deep state is real and the deep state is deeper than we even know. And um, it, it runs uh, on both sides and it um, basically is coming to cripple the America first, the the conservative, true 
our voices of America that will rise up to be the the, the new era of uh, a revolution. You know, there you know it's it's a complete washout. That's what the whole goal is. So there is someone that I believe or groups that are working behind the scenes that is trying to run America, and I can see that, and I'm pretty sure you can see that. Uh, by the fear of some of these individuals when they start seeing someone get any ounce of quote-unquote popularity. You know, you can see it on Twitter. You see anybody getting a number of influence or someone pays attention, is like, you know, instantly it's like, you know, I, I dealt with that person. I'm going to speak to me personally. Someone running for office, I dealt with that where it was like people were like, you thought that they were for you, but when they started seeing that, I was getting headway and people were listening and that the truth were being told and I was not bowing down to the system. Uh, it, it got ugly through some ugly stuff. And, and, uh, but you know, you, you can't shake those. You're true warriors. Yeah. And they can't even find me on Twitter right now. Like I've been banned so many times, but you can't stop telling the truth. The reason you're even on these platforms in the beginning is, you know, to tell the truth. So we're not going to stop telling the truth. But yeah, a lot of the time people will send me screenshots into my DMs and they're like, we're searching your exact username and we can't find you. And it's just like, you know, so I mean, it's even with Elon. And it's an excellent point that you made that it really is like the deep state really is both sides of the political aisle. And a lot of people are so attacked attached to their political side, you know, that they they won't admit that, but it really, really is. And I have had the unfortunate experience of living in Washington, D.C. for too long. So I know way too much about the deep state and I know way too much about the fact that it is both sides that are partaking in the corruption, um, you know, and, and in Washington, D.C., I've said it a million times before, but it really is like Hollywood where they have like, um, you know, they don't they, they kind of set up sets, but it's like Washington, D.C. itself is a set. And then and whenever they have like these protests or these get togethers where they're screaming in megaphones, like there's always some sort of agenda attached to what they're doing. And DC, the political side of it works very closely with the media side of it to push out this very specific narrative that they want for the masses in America to, you know, accept. And so that was very clearly displayed during J6, um, you know, January 6th, the quote unquote insurrection of the MAGA, uh, what are they called, domestic terrorists, um, you know, that was very clearly on display for that day that was very um, inaccurately represented on the news. And I would know that because I have talked to very many um, actual J6ers, people that were actually there. And I, you know, was on the roof of my building when that happened. And I remember looking to the right at the Capitol building, which is very close to my apartment and looking over to see how everybody was very peacefully standing on the stairs of the Capitol building and then looking to my left on the roof, seeing on the TV how it was being portrayed as this super violent, actual like revolt, you know, insurrection, like overthrowing the government situation. Um, and when I had talked to this J6 on my podcast, she was saying, you know, it was she described it as pockets of orchestrated chaos. And I asked her, you know, were the pockets of orchestrated chaos very conveniently located right in front of the CNN, MSNBC, you know, ABC News cameras? And she said, yes, as a matter of fact, they were. She also said that there were keys left in the machinery near the Capitol building. And that's how people were getting on the scaffolding. And it's just she thought that was so weird that the, you know, keys would be left in the machines. It's literally like it 
was set up. So DC operates this way. Also, the FBI dressed as Trump supporters in matching corduroy pants and matching, um, you know, black masks as if Trump supporters during COVID would have been wearing masks. <laughs> like, um, we weren't into that. So they they don't even study their ops very much before they go try to pretend to be us. And it was later proven that, um, you know, a lot of le- leftists ended up trying to get the people, the Trump supporters, to go into the Capitol building in the first place. So everything in D.C. is just kind of like a setup. And even, you know, the Congress members who play this part on camera, um, you know, they're hanging out after work. They're getting lunch and dinner at their very fancy restaurants and talking about hardy har har. Can't you just not believe that they're believing what we're putting out there? Hardy har har. And then they do their insider trading. Um, you know, so there's a lot of corruption in Washington, D.C., and it is both sides. And, um, you know, I just think that it, it sucks because especially with January 6th now, so many people are afraid to even protest, even though we have the right to peacefully protest, which is what was going on that day. Um, the the person that got killed on January 6th was not somebody that a MAGA person shot and killed. It was the Capitol Police killed a Trump supporter. So it wasn't Trump supporters being super violent. Um, you know, the Capitol Police officers killed Ashley Babbitt, who was a Trump supporter. So um, I, I think the whole day was, uh, you know, completely... Um, there's so much gaslighting happening with that day, but I think the best people to go to to get information on that day were the, would be the people that are there, which is why I had, um, you know, Jay Sixers on the podcast. And you guys should listen to that episode. I'll have it in the description for you to go back and listen to that. But I do think it's important for everybody to understand that not just for J6, but for a lot of different things, this is the kind of stuff that they're doing in Washington, D.C. But now because of January 6th, everybody's too afraid to like publicly come out and say anything because they're afraid they're going to be labeled domestic terrorists insurrectionists like you're not allowed to have a differing opinion anymore or you're violent and so i just wanted to get your opinion on that and you know how how can we take a stand if if we are taking a stand then they say that you know we're basically worse than hamas stand get behind i you know there was a a january uh sixer j sixer that was um in pinellas county here in florida and I'm um, still incarcerated. And, you know, I went to, uh, I believe, every every rally they had but one. And, you know, uh, you know, we gave them a table at our dinner. We got behind them. We got behind, you know, the messaging. And I believe that there is there are so many people that are afraid to acknowledge that there there is there is there's truth. And then there is manipulation. And many people, as I mentioned on both sides, um, are continuing to carry a strong voice of manipulation because people that they feel like they're tied to something that is so controversial that you know i'm going to lose a vote and i said this when i was running that i'd rather um fight and stand for what i stand for and lose um than to win and know in my heart that i didn't stand for right the right things yeah i mean so that's my my ploy for anyone that runs for office anyone that has run and going to run again that you know say the truth yes we want to win of course but i've seen people make more headway uh in speaking the truth concerning january sixers concerning you know um the, the you know the the election integrity um than they did if they would have won 
Um, so I feel like sometimes, you know, God sets that up for us to do that. You know, like like me, I'm not going away. I'm 35 years old. You know, I got some more races in me to go. Yeah, and I hope you do. I mean, we really need more good people to run. We have to have good people run. And it's, it's a very important thing that you emphasize. You cannot run and forfeit the truth in an effort to win because then you haven't won. And the Republican Party does this so much where they're just like, well, we have an excellent candidate. And is he a little bit compromised because he's a little deceitful? Maybe so. But, you know, he's really going to fight the good fight in D.C. and we should really send him there. No, we have got to elect actually good integrous people into Congress or we are done as a nation. We cannot keep expecting people that have already proven that they are morally inept or morally just they don't they don't want to be moral. They would rather be rich and powerful. We have got to stop electing people like that. They're never going to help the country and you can't complain, um, you know, about D.C. and how awful D.C. is if those are the type of people that you're sending here. So I definitely agree with you. And you cannot compromise the truth in an effort to win. You have to win, you know, the right way. And and then you will be able to actually make a difference for the good of our nation. And so that is very, very, very important. But I wanted to ask you because, you know, there is this this huge level of manipulation with J6 with everything. Um, and I'm just wondering, because of all the Twitter files, you know, that came out. Elon Musk, you know, for all of his fake free speech support, at least, you know, got those Twitter files out, which I'm greatly appreciative of. Um, But I was wondering, because I'm always wondering in the back of my head, like wondering, you know, what is the left making of this? And and do they care enough to be making anything of this? But for the Twitter files specifically, I mean, what do you think that uh, the majority of Democrats in our nation made of that? Like, do they, because I don't see them, you know, coming out and saying, wow, I can't believe that the government worked with social media companies and big tech in order to rig an election. That's crazy. That's immoral. That's wrong. I don't see the left doing that. And so I'm wondering if they're not doing that because, you know, in my mind, it can only be one of two things. Like either they're afraid of the leftists now, they're afraid of the leaders in their party, and they don't want to go against them because they kind of view them as, you know, the leftist leadership has intended for them to as their God. And so you can't question, you know, their God. And so they're not questioning the government, even though they know that it's wrong or, you know, they just really don't care. They just really don't care. And they think, you know, the ends justify the means and whatever their leftist leadership ha- uh, has to do back to what you were saying about why it's important to, you know, elect honest and integrous people. The left doesn't, it just, I guess that they don't see it that way because sometimes it seems like a lot of them are just like the ends justify the means. I don't really care what you have to do. If it's evil, so be it. Um, and that would make sense because a lot of them are not Christian. And even the people that say that they're Christian on the left, you know, they don't the the policies they support contradict what the bible teaches and that shows me that you're not a christian so you can say whatever you want but like it's very clear in the things that you support and the way that you act whether or not you are genuinely a christian or not and true christians can definitely tell like we can tell um So my question is, do you think that they're afraid that the left doesn't come out and, you know, kind of just, you know, denounce their leadership over this kind of stuff because they are afraid of them or because they think that it's worth it? And, you know, whatever they have to do in order to force communism on our nation, like they're just chill with. I think both. I think that there are those that, you know, they're they're immoral and there's those that see it and refuse to speak on it because they're going to lose their base. 
Um, for example, the the young man that won in our District 10 here is like so radical to the left of the left. I mean, worse than AOC. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and somehow, you know, I know that what he says cannot make sense when it comes out of his mouth. Like he has to have some kind of... <laughs> Like knowledge, like what I just said, like makes no sense. But somehow, because it appeals to the base, because it sounds crazy, it sounds radical, it sounds just like yeah, yeah, you'll do whatever it takes to go against those MAGA people. And so, therefore, you know, he just keeps saying it. And then I look at like, man, this, this, and but I believe that the more that you, if you know it's wrong, the more you speak it, it becomes a truth to you. So then you, you accept that immorality so then you become that person that's immoral because you receive and accept it as true then you you form into this lie and um you stick with it and then somehow you start believing it yourself um and so i believe there's many scenarios that's going on right now on the on the left especially with how they see there's no way in the world they can look at uh a biden and say that you know he is uh you know has his right mind to be able to lead um, the United States of America, there's no way in the world. Yeah, and they definitely, I mean, they're completely deluded themselves. Like, there's been, there's just been so much gaslighting and manipulation coming from the top of the Democrat Party, where, you know, a lot of these people are genuinely believing that these things are just truth. I mean, what happens? I mean, what else was going to happen when the left started saying, you get a truth, and I get a truth, and they get a truth, and we get a truth? Like, then truth doesn't even matter anymore. And if you can get people to think that truth doesn't matter, then they're going to think that anything is okay, and that is not all right for a free fair and functioning society it's it's not going to work as we see um and so you know it is sad it is sad that they have been able to get a lot of people into that very manipulated and abused you know mind state and mindset of of how they're existing um but it definitely is happening and i pray for them i hope for them that's why i'm always telling people to read your bible because the truth at the end of the day the god's honest truth is the truth and then everything else is an opinion and you have to realize that you you don't get your own truth. I don't get my own truth. There are so many things in my life it would be easier to believe that I didn't do that or that it was okay because, you know, it was okay for me because it was my truth that it was okay and it's just fine because, you know, I, I, I'm telling you it's my truth. But we can't do that because there is no honesty in that and you and you can't take the truth and, and make it malleable and make everything, you know, that you want to be okay to be okay the Bible is the supreme source of truth. And that is why I'm trying to get everybody to read it. Um, but, you know, you are right that they have definitely manipulated the masses really to the point where they have created a bunch of sociopaths where people just genuinely don't care. There's so much apathy. There's so much atheism. And I say it a lot, but I do feel like I'm trying with this podcast and everything else that I do. I feel like what my ultimate goal is, is to just shake awake the consciences of the left and get them to understand, you know, there is truth. There is right. There is wrong. There is, you know, hope and you don't have to be this victim that the left wants you to be. You don't have to sit here and cry all day. You don't have to be this miserable. You have a purpose. You're made in God's image. You have things to do. Like this is a beautiful, wonderful world. And you just have to try and you can't just fade into the background and accept, um, you know, all of this and be beaten into submission by your own 
leaders that you're voting for, why are you voting for them? So I constantly feel like I'm trying to shake awake people's consciences. And, you know, sometimes I'm successful at that. Sometimes I'm not. Um, But I was wondering if, you know, during your campaign trail, when you were running for office, like, did you have any like campaign strategies that help you do that? Like when you were, you know, when you were running, did you feel like, okay, certain things are working better to convince people and certain things are not working very well? Uh, or do you think that a lot of people on the left are just completely lost causes? I believe there's, there, there, um, I believe there's some that's lost causes. And I believe there's a strategy that's kind of um, how, um, or that is how we have put together some of our plans with the Frederick Douglass Center, um, our Frederick Douglass PAC. I'm going out and educating. Uh, that's why, you know, my goal is to travel um, this year. I, I would like to, you know, hit as many states as I can, uh, speak to many places, put rallies together uh, in communities that normally and just get out and just really just, you know, blunt. because I think that we saw in the last couple of years that so many people go out and speak as conservatives, but it's a it's a it's a talking point message. It's not it's not real targeted. It's not strong. It's not something that's like, hey, you need to wake up. So I I, I you know, my goal is to get you know get out there and say, listen, you know, we can we can we can paint this pretty picture, or we can say it in a nice cushion way, or we can just let them know this country is falling to pieces with the current administration. You know, we're not going to have anything left for our next generation, our children. You know, where, you know, inflation is kicking us from the gas tanks to, uh, you know, $5 for a dozen of eggs. So, you know, wake up. Let's let's make a difference. Let me show you how. So I think that's where we are right now. I think right now in uh, America and with those who have the ability to be influential and influential, I believe they should take that opportunity and just hit it hard and just, you know, and speak truth and say, hey, there, you know, as President Trump said, what do you have to lose? You know, like, you know, what, what, I mean, look at everything around us. So that that's, you know, where I am right now. Yeah. And what do we have to lose at this point? I mean, we're losing everything and we're losing it very quickly. But I agree with you. I'm definitely on the same page as you. I agree. And we just need to get involved. We just need to, you know, online, offline, try to talk to people, try to shake awake these consciences and like, you know, just be logical and and intelligent with people and give them, you know, tell them, yes, there is truth. And then there are your opinions, but give them logical reasonings as to why, you know, the policies that we support are better and are biblical. And then maybe they'll come around. But just get out there in your communities, talk to people, make sure that people are aware. A lot of people are just not aware. Like people are just not focused. Like people's priorities are just, you know, very malaligned these days. And you just need to make sure that people are aware of these things, but get involved in your communities, join your school boards, like run for office, local, state, Congress, you can do it. Like, and if you have an idea of somebody who would be a good leader in your community, encourage them to run. And we can do this, but it does start at an individual, local, state level. And, you know, run like Willie has run run and and just do everything you can at your local and state levels because that really has way more of an impact than I think a lot of people realize but make people aware of the issues how they can be helping you know I think a lot of people get very busy in their lives and they just don't have time you know they say they don't have time to care about all of these bigger things and I think that you just need to talk about it with your with your groups and with your communities um, you know talk about what's going on in the schools with the 
you know, porn in the school. Like, make sure that people are aware. Um, this has this affects the children. This affects us all. And talk to them about what's going on at the federal level, at the state level. Like, people just need to be made aware. And if you are aware, then you have this civil duty to talk about it with people. The corruption of the news, the corruption of the schools, the corruption of the media. A lot of this stuff is very, very connected. And so it's just, you know, piecing it together in your own brain and then piecing it together for other people or, you know, doing the best you can to do that. And that's what I try to do. Um, but Willie, I know you have church. You have church tonight, so I don't want to keep you too long. But I do want to ask you just for a final piece of advice. A lot of my audience are younger people. And so I wanted to see if you could give my younger people that listen uh, to the podcast some advice on how to combat the evil that they are seeing, because I know that they can see it, um, how they can combat it in a Christian way. So the best way in a Christian way is to, you know, first make sure that, you know, you, you're, you know, walking in the fruit of the spirit. Um, the second thing is, is to it be engaged on all levels. You know, do not just follow what is popular. Uh, I can say, you know, from experience, I watched some of the younger people that was attached to some organizations that they flock to, you know, um, well, I won't mention names, but they flock to certain <laughs> people who were younger that was in, you know, in office and, you know, everybody was, oh, you know, you know, fanboying and stuff. And, um, and I realized it was great at that moment for them, but there was no action. So I would say for, you know, uh, for the young and those, you know, millennials, Gen Z, you know, alphas, you know, the, the best thing to do is be engaged, you know, you know, have your excitement for that moment, but realize anything that's going to last is going to take work. So get out there and work. And, um, cause you know, we're it, you know, this is, this is it. There's no, you know, we, we are what's going to, to rescue America through Christ. He's going to use us to do it, but we have to have a sound mind. Yes. And the best way to do that is to read your Bible and to go to church like Willie is fixing to do. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, before you get out, because I don't want to keep you late, but can you just let everybody know where they can find you online? Because you put out a lot of really excellent content and I would love for them to be able to see that. Great. Yeah. So I am on uh, Twitter at Rep Montague. So speaking in existence. So you go to uh, Rep Montague, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, if you put in my name, Willie Montague, it will definitely uh, pop up. I'm pretty sure you see quite a bit of things up there. And so, um, and, and check, I still have my website up, teamwillie.com, um, as well as houseattempty.org. That's right now what I'm pushing is our organization. Um, and please keep our organization in prayer as we help um, to um, be a place of hope and healing for our young, our young men. Awesome. And are you going to run again? Oh, absolutely. That is what we like to hear. Thank you so much, Willie, for coming on the show. You're welcome on any time. I will not be the reason that you are late for church. So I'm going to let you go. But this has been amazing. I really appreciate you. And again, come on anytime. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. 